Um, Jesus, okay. Um, <laughs> that's how we start every talk. Um, she brought up this question last week that was, if Jesus goes, don't worry about your life and don't worry about food and don't worry about clothing and money and da 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 da, da all these things, how is it that people like they still die or they're still not clothed or they're still poverty or they're still all these things, right? And it's a really good question because like legit everyone is thinking that and should be thinking that. If you're not thinking that, that's weird. You're supposed to be thinking like that. You're supposed to be critical and go, hang on a second, Jesus, explain this. You know what I mean? That's how you get breakthrough. You actually like own up to the question and you go, Jesus, I need an answer on this because I see a huge contradiction here and you've got to show me how it works. And he will, he'll show you how it works. Sometimes it takes a bit of time, but you just got to be honest and just say what you feel. Like if you read the Psalms, David is so honest about how he feels and he's not, he's not afraid that God's just going to smite him. You know what I mean? He's just like, hey, I feel really crap today, God. Next Psalm, he's just like, God, you're amazing. Love you, Jesus. You know what I mean? But um, he's just honest. Um, he wouldn't have said Jesus. That doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> unless he was prophesying, um, which he could have been, I guess, in the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, I'm off track heaps already. Um, <laughs> so I want to I answer that question. And I felt like last week there was so much just like stuff going around about that question. And it is a huge question. Like I said last week, it touches on so many different topics. But I thought, and I actually, I started to plan to, to speak on that topic of prayer, unanswered prayer, believing, spiritual warfare, all these different things, right? I started preparing for that. And then Holy Spirit goes, yeah, nah. And he led me another way. And so that's what I'm going to speak on tonight. And I didn't realize at first why he wanted me to speak on this. But now I kind of get it. And I'm going to speak tonight on believing, believing. Um, that might seem like an obvious connection, but for me, I was just like all over the place. Anyway, Jesus. Okay, so first of all, I feel like I, got to, I, I have to cover this topic in depth before we can best address that question. Of, and, this, and I'm sure every single one of you has this question. Why don't I see the kingdom of God manifest? Or why don't I see it manifest more? Or why don't I see the life of Jesus more? Or the life even the apostles led? Why don't I see that? You should have that question. It's a good question. Keep pressing in, pressing in, pressing in until you get your answer. That's how the kingdom of God works. Just keep seeking, keep seeking, keep seeking. Don't ever stop. Most people stop, but you shouldn't stop. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to cover this topic like in depth tonight. And then we can talk about the question next week. And I think I've got a sermon after that as well. So I think this is three parts to it. I'm just still figuring out. God's leading me in it. Just bear with me. Um, okay, let's start off with a story. When Victor Sarebriakov, anyone know that name? Victor Sarebriakov, okay, he's like some famous dude. When he, <laughs> you can say it however you want. Yeah, true. Cause, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> when Victor, <laughs> when Victor Sarebriakov um, was 15, his teacher told him he would never finish school and that he should drop out and learn a trade. Victor took the advice and for the next 17 years, he was an itinerant doing a variety of odd jobs. He had been told he was a dunce and for 17 years, he acted like one. However, when he was 32 years old, an amazing transformation took place. An evaluation revealed that he was a genius with the IQ of 161. Yeah, baby. Guess what? That's right. He started acting like a genius. Since that time, he has written books, 
secured a number of uh, patents and has become a successful businessman. Perhaps the most significant event of the, for the former dropout was his election as chairman of the International Mensa Society. The Mensa Society has only one membership qualification, a minimum IQ of 140. Pretty crazy story. Here's another one for you. Uh, anyone know the name Hal Elrod? Anyone know him? He wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. You know the, the book Miracle Morning? Anyway, it's a cool book. Um, so, okay, here's a story. Hal Elrod, he was like, I don't know, 20 or something at the time. Hal Elrod, Elrod and his girlfriend were heading home to Fresno after a work event in their car. Driving about 70 miles per hour in his new Mustang, Elrod was hit head on by a drunken driver in a truck traveling 80 miles per hour the wrong way on the highway. Metal crumpled, the windshield shattered, and the, and the Mustang was thrown into the oncoming traffic, where a Saturn hit the vehicle again. Elrod's friend, Caton, um, had attended the event too, and trailed by a few minutes on the highway. When he came up upon the wreck, the Mustang was so smashed up, I didn't even recognize it at first, Caton says. He quickly assessed the injuries of those involved. The guy in the Saturn was fine, Hal's girlfriend was, had a sprained wrist, and the guy in the truck who caused the whole thing was fine, but Hal was in terrible shape. Elrod's car was cut in half and his body was pinned inside by the steering wheel. When rescue workers pulled the car's twisted frame away from his broken body, they literally killed him. The pressure from the wreckage was actually holding, was holding me together, Elrod says. As soon as they removed it, I bled out and I died. He was gone for six minutes before rescue workers brought him back to life. Over the next six days, the comatose Elrod had seven, uh, seven surgeries to repair 11 broken bones, a ruptured, a ruptured spleen and seven nerves during which time he flatlined twice more. So he died three times. Okay. When he finally regained consciousness, he couldn't walk. One arm curled um, back against his chest. His short-term memory was shot and he had lost the ability to filter his comments for social acceptability. A pretty nurse would, would come in and Hal would say whatever came to his 20-year-old mind, Caton recalls. Um, perhaps the first thing to recover was uh, Elrod's positive outlook. The doctors told me I might completely recover or hit a limit. Elrod says, I might never walk again. I resolved to accept the worst. If I was going to have to spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair, then so be it. I made up my mind to completely accept and embrace my reality. Elrod's doctors were confused by this reaction. They told my parents that they were concerned that I was in denial. On the contrary, I was being realistic. There's no point in experiencing the negative emotion brought on by the non-acceptance of things that we can't change and that are out of our control. How much Elrod's positive outlook helped him is a matter of opinion, but the results were nothing less than miraculous. Day by day, he improved, and seven weeks after his accident, Elrod left the hospital. Soon, soon after, he was back at work, although he was slowed up a bit. Um, from his experience, Elrod developed this, his five-minute rule. When things don't go your way, you can feel bad about it, but for five minutes. If you can't change it, move on. Okay, that's story number two. I've got two more, but these are quick. Um, there's, a, there's a guy named Howard Lyman, and this guy was, when I was studying nutrition, he was one of the lecturers. And he actually grew up on a cattle ranching farm in America. And it was like, it wasn't a good organic farm. <laughs> it was a bad conventional, just like make money kind of farm, right? And so there was chemicals, there was like poisonous stuff. There was just bad things, right? So he grew up on this farm and... Um, at one point, I think he's in his like 30s or 40s, he just like passed out one day and they took him to the hospital and they found he had a massive tumor on his spine and, um, uh, and they gave him an actual one in a million chance of ever walking again because the, the tumor actually paralyzed his spine. Um, sorry, paralyzed him and he couldn't actually ever walk. And so 
he, he um, decided if there is a one in a million chance, then I'm going to be that one in a million. And he just set his mind on that. He believed that. He envisioned himself walking out of that hospital. And then a few weeks later, he got up and he walked out of the hospital. Freaking amazing. And then he became a vegan. And then he became an animal rights activist because he was so upset at the farms and all that stuff. Um, but that's not part, part of the point. <laughs> um, I'm not saying we should all do that. Um, <laughs> um, and a couple of weeks ago, story number four, my dad told me of this lady in Australia. Actually, I think she's from Narrabeen. And she had... Her body was riddled with cancer. Like she was like, it was really bad. She was like 100% you're going to die kind of thing, right? And then she was talking to her daughter and then she started speaking saying, you know what? I know it feels like this is absolutely impossible for me to beat this, but I am going to beat it. And she was just speaking it. She was just believing it. I am going to beat it. And she started researching and just going crazy on the internet. She found this weird, random, like drug trial, like trying to test out new ways of curing cancer and stuff in America, which was already full of patients. And it was like, it's in America, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so she called up and they were like, and she was like, I want to get in. They were like, no, sorry, it's full and you can't. And she just kept pestering and pestering day after day after day after day. Eventually they let her in, they flew her over, she got the treatment and she got healed. And then she came back here. <laughs> Crazy. I just love those stories. You guys love those stories? How cool are they? It's just against all odds. Um, and this is like kind of similar, but not really. Um, when I was 16, I had no idea what I wanted to do for like a career. And then my mom told me, and she didn't know what she was talking about, but um, <laughs> she goes, Nate, you're really good at computers. Did you know that? You're so good at computers. And I didn't believe that about myself, but I believe that she believed that and that was enough for me to go yeah right, i'll just do that then and so i, I that's been my <laughs> i studied that i'm still in it today i still work in computers and that was the starting point for it i did not think i was going to be in computers until that moment and the thing is she thought i was good because she sucked at computers so i wasn't really that good but i believed her and so i just ran with it um anyway so okay aside from that last story all those stories are freaking amazing, hey? <laughs> um, and there's like, there's so many more stories like that. You guys heard of stories where it's like mothers lifting up burning cars to save their children, like, like physically impossible stuff, like crazy, just like against all odds, beating this disease, climbing this mountain, like walking when you're supposed to be paralyzed, like all this crazy stuff, right? I freaking love those stories. So, and what's that guy's name? Nick... <laughs> um, yeah, Vujikovic. Yeah, yeah, Vujic. Yeah, is that his name? Yeah. Okay. He's only got this guy with like one little yeah. foot, and that's it. Yeah. That guy is so inspirational because he's just like, if anyone else was in that spot, we'd be just like, um, woe is me, just kill me now. But he's just like living the best life because he's got the perspective that he's grateful for what he's got. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, okay. What I want to submit to you guys tonight is that the common thread amongst all those stories is belief. If that wasn't already obvious, it's belief. Victor, whatever his name is, Sabriakov, believed he was an idiot and so he was. He believed he was an idiot. He was told he was an idiot. He believed it, so he was. He acted like an idiot. Then he was told he was a genius and so he was. <laughs> How crazy is that? Um, Hal Elrod believed he could walk again, so he did. 
Howard uh, Lyman did too, and so he did. <laughs> that woman believed she would be healed, and so she was. It's crazy. If you took the belief out of those stories, I don't think any of them would have happened. You know what I'm saying? Even the computer one about me, that just wouldn't have happened. Um, <laughs> now, you might think, oh, it's just a placebo effect, right? Like, you know, you just you give someone, oh, I've got the cure for all cancer, here's the pill, and they take them and go, oh, I'm free, I'm healed. I think it, that is definitely a powerful thing, but this runs, that's like the tip of the iceberg. It runs so much deeper than that. Belief is so powerful. When you believe in something, it brings so much life. I'm talking about anything here, all of life. When you believe in yourself, that person's unstoppable. That, that, they will do incredible things. I don't care who you are or how much money you have or what skills you have. If you believe in yourself, 100% you do incredible things. There's no way around it because you just, you just do it. No one will stop you. Everyone will try and stop you, but you just won't let them because you believe in yourself. Jesus. Proverbs 23, 7. How crazy is this? There's a famous book written on this verse, actually. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What you think is what you are. What you believe is what you are. What you've believed in your life so far has brought you to the place where you are today. So I'm not just talking about faith and believing in God and all Jesus' words. I'm talking about this like, this, I don't even know what, what, what to call it. This spiritual law that governs life. Belief is so impacting on life. It's ridiculous. It can go from death to life, like all those stories I just read out. Those people were dead or they were in like a place of nowhereness. <laughs> and then belief changed it and brought them out. Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> Before we can talk about why sometimes you don't see the kingdom of God manifest as you read it in the scriptures, we need to talk about the key that we have to accessing the kingdom. So we need to talk about the key that we have and we have been given to access the kingdom, which is belief, which is faith. That's the key. That's how all of the kingdom is accessed. You can see that through the life of Jesus, through the apostles, through the early church faith and belief. And when stuff didn't happen, what would Jesus say? You have little faith. Now it might hurt some of you. You can go, oh, I don't like that, Nate. That hurts me. I don't know how to deal with that kind of pressure, that expectation. Just, everyone just chill. All right, you guys just chill. <laughs> I know you're all freaking out. But with faith, let's just chill and let's just read what Jesus says because I bet there's an interpretation and perspective on faith that doesn't hurt like that. Faith has been preached so strongly sometimes that people get really, really hurt by it. Like lots of people have walked away from God and from church because of this topic. So it, it is sensitive. I'll admit that. And I've been hurt by it as well. <laughs> so I, I, I'm aware of its, its potential to go wrong. Okay, so let's just say, Dean, I'm preaching... Dean, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You can go out and lay your hands on the sick. You can do that. Believe, believe, believe. And you go, oh my gosh, I can do it. Run out to the street and you see some guy and you're sick or whatever and you pray and you pray and you pray and it just doesn't happen, nothing happens. And you go, what am, what am I doing wrong? What the heck? How come I'm hearing all these stories at teaching night and worship night and Dan Moller and Todd White, but I can't do it. You start comparing. So if you don't have a good perspective about faith, it will hurt you, it will condemn you, it will become a law actually over you. And that's not cool. Um, Cool, I'll get to that more later. Um, <clears throat> by believing in God and his words to the degree that Jesus did, so that's, he's our example. So to, to the degree that Jesus did, 
We are no less. When we are to walk no less than Him, we are to walk exactly like Him. To the degree that Jesus did, we are actually partnering with God as His co-workers to bring into this world His kingdom and all that it contains. I'll say that again. <laughs> By believing in God and His words, to the degree that Jesus did, we are partnering with God as His co-workers to bring into this world His kingdom and all that it contains. It's not like we're going, I believe, so therefore, God, you should be doing something right now. Come on, God, do it. It's like, you're not trying to get him to do something. He has opened every gate possible for you to walk through. Everything's possible. He, he's done all his part. It's on us now to go after that and believe. Kathy. David yesterday said that God's already done it. Mm. Exactly. Jesus, uh, I'll read this out later, but Jesus goes, this is crazy. This is, is anyone following me on Instagram? Jesus be like, you. see, I posted that verse today. <laughs> By the way, fo follow me on Instagram. Jesus be like, dots in between. Um, I posted today on Instagram. There's this verse that Jesus says, it just blows me away. But he goes, when you pray, believe that you have already received it and it will be yours. Mm. <sighs> Come on. No one does that. <laughs> I don't even do that. <laughs> Who does that? You're praying for something and go, sweet, I've received it and move on with life. And you live from this place of I have received rather than I'm waiting for God. You actually live in that place. I've already got it. It's already mine. I may not have manifested yet. I may have to persevere with it yet, but it is mine. I do have it. He did say yes. That's what Jesus is calling you into. <sighs> okay. So, because of that perspective on believing, Jesus lived a life like that. He modeled what we should follow. He modeled exactly what it was like to walk as a human. Jesus came to this earth as a human, empowered by the Spirit of God. He modeled that life of faith. When God the Father opens up the heavens and says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. But without faith, is it impossible to please Him? So... This is my son whom I am well pleased, but without faith it is, impossible to, it is impossible to please him. Which means Jesus walked in perfect faith since he was a little boy, all up until he was a man, and all the way until he died. He walked in perfect faith. He's our model, he's our example, and we should follow him. Um, he, he himself modeled a perfect, strong, simple faith, and everywhere he went, he called everyone into the same place. So, when there was no faith, he would cultivate it. He would, he would draw people in. When he didn't see any faith, he would draw people in. Believe in my words and you will live and you will not die. You will not taste death. Believe in me. Come to me. Drink from me. So he's cultivating it. He's trying to get you to go, because you can do this. Everyone has faith in something. But Jesus is trying to say, shift it from where you have it now and bring it over to me over here. See, it's not this hectic, like, believe, believe, believe. It's not that. You're already doing it. To, to the extent that you need, but you just got to shift it over to him. Shift it over to him. So where there was no faith, he would cultivate it. Where there was faith, he would actually use it to heal people and do amazing things. He would actually use other people's faith to do miracles. Like there's this, uh, when he's walking through the crowd and a lady touches him and she's been bleeding, she touches his cloak to be healed. He turns to her and says, daughter, <coughs> Your faith has healed you. And when he sees the two blind men on the street, he goes, 
what do you want me to do for you? And, he, and they go, we want to recover our sight. And he goes, be it done to you as you believe. And they get their sight back. They actually, um, <laughs> that their faith was what, what did it. He spoke it and he brought it into, into being. But it was their faith. But when they, when they didn't have faith, he would use his faith. It's really weird. So when he saw faith, he would use it in order to bring about the good work, but then also to teach them that they have this inside of them already. It's amazing. He's always looking for an opportunity to teach. He's always looking for, for opportunities to build people up and encourage them. And when there was no faith, but he expected there to be faith, he would rebuke it. He would say some like pretty like strong things to his disciples. because And it's not because like they um, were any special or, or different or whatever. And if you're struggling with faith, he's not saying that to you. But see, when he, when he rebukes the disciples, they already walked in faith. They're already healing people, casting out demons, doing crazy things, right? And then they stumbled later on. And he goes, what happened to your faith? Where's your, your little faith? What, what the heck? You know what I mean? He's rebuking that. He knows they're better than that. <laughs> Dean? So if you, if you pray and you believe you already saved that, yep. should you continue to pray for it if you already know? Yes. Right. But that, I'll get to that in two weeks. All right. I, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, next week we'll cover that too. But yeah, the next two weeks we'll cover that question because um, it's, it's a very good question. But, but there is a huge need for perseverance. Humongous need. And our culture sucks at it. We try one thing of faith and it doesn't work. We move on to another. And we don't wonder why nothing works. We never persevere. We never go after it like Jesus did. Go after it, go after it, go after it. But that's two weeks. So hold horses on that one. Um, so where he saw faith... This is crazy as well. Where he saw faith in people, he would just announce that their sins were forgiven. Did you notice that? They didn't come to him and go, hey, Jesus, can you forgive our sins? He saw faith in them and he goes, hey, by the way, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> He's just announcing it because he sees they have faith for it. And he wants to be the one who bears that good news to them. By the way, guys, your sins are forgiven because you have faith in me. They go, I just want to be healed, bro. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, this is far better than that. <laughs> and then he heals them anyway. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and then there was two times where this happened. When there was great faith, he would marvel. As in, he would be shocked and wowed. That happened twice in his life. Centurion and the Syrophoenician woman. Um, can you imagine Jesus marveling? Being like, <gasps> like that. That's what he did. <laughs> He was so shocked at their faith. And both of them were not Israelites. They were outside of the people of God. And they had faith to do it. So it's really not about like, you know, I've been taught this much. I've been in church my whole life. So therefore I should be at this level of faith. It's like, no, the centurion had way more faith than everyone because he understood authority because of his job. How crazy is that? His job actually taught him about faith. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I'll preach on that one day probably. Um, okay. Every situation he went through, he didn't just use it to show a sign and then talk about the kingdom of God, but he used it to also teach people about their faith and that they should believe in God. Every opportunity he got, you, you go read the amount of times Jesus says, faith, believe, believe in me, believe in my words. Like you go read that amount of things that he says, sorry, you go read how many times he says that stuff. It's annoyingly repetitive. He's just trying to drive this, this point home. Believe in me, believe in me, believe in me. And it's like the one thing we don't do. <laughs> We think we do, but then we just, we really do pull it back to ourselves. And I'll show you how we do that later. Um, <clears throat> okay. 
Yeah. As he spoke about faith and believing, the things he said following it were completely ridiculous. Like, out of this world. And I'm going to read some out to you in a second. But, some, some, Jesus actually says, nothing will be impossible for you. I can never get over that. I'm sorry. I can never, ever get over that. Because he said it. And we usually take his other words that he said and we go, oh, wow, he said this. Wow. When we hit something like that, we go, I don't know if he really meant that. <laughs> Are you sure that's about me? It could be about the, about the um, disciples. <laughs> we try and find a way around it because then it puts the expectation on us. And we go, holy crap, nothing's impossible for me, he said. You know what I mean? It turns into this law and it condemns us again. Crazy. Um, he said that if we believed, anything would be possible. That if we believed, we would move mountains by speaking to them. And that he himself would come, come and live inside of us if we believed. Everyone close your eyes for just 20 seconds. If you're a Christian here, believe right now the best that you can that Jesus is inside of you. Jesus is in your heart now. He's all over you right now. He's with you right now. Not in the future. Not when you get it all together. Not in heaven. Now. Alright, open your eyes. Did anyone feel anything then? Experience anything? I did. As soon as I start doing that stuff, I start pushing my mind to that. Like, I'm the sun now. He's in me now. He's all around me now. That's when I start to see it actually manifest in my own body, in my own, <coughs> life, in my own life. Because I believed. Let's keep moving. Okay, my big idea for tonight is Jesus himself calls us into a place of radical, limitless believing. Radical, limitless believing. You try and find a limit for me in some of the stuff he says. It is intentionally limitless. It's, it's so ridiculous, some of the stuff he says. You have to say it like that. Jesus, you are ridiculous. You are out of my mind. You are out of this world. And he goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't think he knew what he was saying? That nothing would be impossible for you? You don't think he knew that you would go, are you serious? He knew you would do that. <laughs> and said it anyway. He was intentionally unambiguous. He didn't say most things will, will be possible for you. <laughs> he said nothing will be impossible for you. Dean. I'm sorry about the fasting. I just wondered why I've known people over the years who have, say they've got cancer or whatever, they're fully believed and they're healed, right? And then some people who fully believe are not healed and die. So how would you explain that? So that, like, that, that's the question that I'm building up to over these next couple of weeks. If I jump in now, it's just not going to have the foundation that's like going to be laid enough for it, but it's a good question, but I'll get to it. Sorry? I would say it's a great question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great question. And I, don't, I also don't have all the answers, but I'm, I'll do my best with it. And Jesus actually Kathy? That we will do greater. Yeah. <sighs> See, he's just... <laughs> I can't... Yeah, just... Oh, I just can't even... 
had a great sense of humor, didn't he, Danny? <laughs> He's like thinking from heaven, oh, I'll watch them deal with this verse. This would be funny. <laughs> um, okay. So before we talk about, but no one gets healed, Nath, but there are no miracles, but why doesn't it work for me? All those questions that come up. Let's make sure we understand the limitless believing Jesus was trying to get us to walk in. Let's just grasp it. Let's just get it. Let's just start moving in that direction before we actually bring up those questions. Um, okay, this one's crazy. John six twenty eight. One of his disciples asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? That's a good question. <laughs> what must we do to do the work God requires? That's actually a humongous question. That's the question that every religion ever has been trying to answer. What does God want us to do? What should I do to be right with God? What should I do to be whole? What should I do to be the best version of myself? All that sort of stuff, right? What should I do, right? It's, it's kind of akin to asking, what is the reason for my life? Or what should I do while I'm here on earth? So it's a big question. I'm just building it up, right? Building it up. Just so when you hear the answer, you're like, oh, damn, okay. Um, and what, okay, what does Jesus say to this? So what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Full stop. Moved on to another topic. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because he could have said, the work that God requires is come get baptized, start reading the Bible, pray daily, seek God when you have spare time, work hard, save money, spend money, give some money to the church, help the poor, <laughs> plant churches, start ministries, translate the Bible to other languages. He could have said all this stuff, right? And he goes, believe in me. That's it. You want to do the works of God? Believe in Jesus. He's just... He's just so silly. You know what I mean? <laughs> who, who said simple? Yeah, he is very simple. I agree. But he's just so like... He's intentionally like provocative with this stuff. He could have like dressed up that sentence a bit more, but it's intentionally so bare and just like nothing in it. <laughs> Believe in the one he has sent. Done. That's it. Do you guys get that? I want you to feel that deeply. That's it. That's the works of God. Believe in the one he has sent. Everything else will actually flow from that place. Love, yep, will flow from that place. Giving, yep, from that place. Everything, your whole life will flow from that place. Believe in the one he has sent. That's why he, he didn't stop talking. Stalking. That's why he didn't stop talking about believing for three years straight. Because it's the one working you need to do. Okay. Um, okay, 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 okay. Um, once you get saved, the biggest battle isn't to stop trying to sin, as people find. It's not um, start trying to minister to people. It's not start striving so you can rest in God even. It's not even start loving people. That's not the biggest battle. The biggest battle is to start believing in Jesus and to continue in that. That is by far the biggest battle. You guys know when you get like really like motivated by something or like something inspires you and you just feel like alive and great and just going for it hard just in everyday life, right? Usually it might last like a day, a couple days, maybe a couple of weeks, but then it will fade. 
That's because like it, it, ha it brings with it this, this energy, right? This motivational energy. But the hard part is to believe in Jesus or to believe in whatever was inspiring you and to keep on believing, to keep pushing in that when all the feels is gone. Feels have gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Believing in who he is, what he has done and believing in what he said. And now you might think, yeah, but bro, I already do that. You might think that. Um, <laughs> my experience is very, very few people believe Jesus at his word, honestly, myself included. Very, very few people believe Jesus at his word. We believe some of his words to their extreme, but we don't believe all of them. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. And you might say, that's not me. I really do my best to believe in Jesus with everything I have. And that might be true. But if you can actually walk around in life, believing, thinking, and saying, I am a son of God who is divine in nature. I am endlessly loved, infinitely valuable, and nothing can harm me. These are all things Jesus said. I have all authority in the name of Jesus. God in his fullness dwells inside me and I'm currently seated with him in heaven. I have the same ministry that Jesus had and I carry it out as he did by the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And as I go, I will do greater works than him. I can walk just like my older brother Jesus did because I'm recreated in his image and just as nothing was impossible for him, so too, so too shall nothing be impossible for me. If you walk around like that, with that mentality in your head, then I believe that you believe him. But if you don't, then you don't. Because he said all of those things. <sighs> Remember, I included myself in that. I'm not saying I've, I've got this. <laughs> but I'm pursuing it best that I can. I'm trying to, I honestly, my, 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 my heart right now is to live from that place that I just said, up here. Like, even if I'm not seeing it manifested, I, I might not see it manifested for a while. But I want to live, up, live like that from up here. My head in the heavens. <laughs> like, actually believing I'm seated with him in the heavenly realms now. So people go, oh, that's in heaven, bro. That's, that's in the future. It's like, no, that, that's not what the context was. That was in the past he wrote that. <laughs> has blessed you with every spiritual, spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Has, past tense, has. You are right now. And it's like, well, I don't see that. Well, of course you don't see that. It's not about you seeing that. It's about you believing that. <coughs> you believe first, then you see later. Now, don't get hurt by this, guys. Don't get hurt. Don't condemn yourselves. Don't go, oh, but I, you know, I'm not there yet. Da, 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 da. Don't do that. Just go, hey, you're right. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe. Jesus, help me believe. That's the path you've got to walk and go after it hard. Everything in all of hell will come against you to try and make you not believe. But you've got to believe it and you've got to grab it. And you've got to even, especially when you don't see anything, Go, 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 go. Believe, 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 believe. You'll be out of this world. You'll be in another world. But that's how Jesus lived his life. And you can tell, right? He wasn't functioning on the same wavelength that we were. He was completely so far ahead because his mind was in the heavens 24 hours a day. He lived from that place. He actually believed it. He knew when he preached this stuff that people wouldn't see it all the time, but he preached it anyway point blank, black and white. He knew that when he said, don't worry about 
your possessions and your food and your clothes and all that stuff. He knew that people would take that and go, oh, sweet, I'm fine, and then not see it. He knew that would happen. But it doesn't mean it's not true. There's a spiritual reality of it, which he, which he is talking about. All right. Jesus. So what I've noticed is that the second we start speaking and thinking like that, like I just read out, we start to try and find reasons why all of what I just said is either not true or either or does not apply to us in our situation. Your mind will try and like get around this stuff. Oh, Nate, that's heresy. Oh, Nate, that, that's not, not the context, Nate. That, that Greek word doesn't mean that. Like um, that, th this preacher says this, Nate, or Jesus wasn't meaning that. You've got to understand that he was talking to his disciples. Like you'll find, you'll, there's, way, there's heaps of ways around it. You'll find one if you're looking for it. But if you're looking for a way to believe, <laughs> you'll have everything come against you. It is hard work believing. I reckon it's, it's the battle of this life. It says somewhere in the word, I can't remember where this is, but it goes, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When he comes back the second time, is he going to find faith? That's what he's looking for. People who actually believe in him. Believe his words. Not many people do. I think he says now after he rebukes his disciples as well. Does he? Yeah. Like and then Matthew, I think. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> He's awesome. Um, so, we're, we're, yeah, we'll try and find a way out of this with our minds. Even though I could literally point you to one passage for everything I just said. At least one passage. Um, our minds are going to naturally drift always, 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 always. For the rest of your life, your mind will always drift towards unbelief your mind will, will, will drift towards believing conclusions that you have made about your life through your own experience. That's what your mind will always drift towards. So if you're not actively pushing against that, you will drift into a place of unbelief and just like there. You won't live like Jesus. It's an active, strong thing. You know what I mean? You go after it with all you got. That passion in your heart that you've been born with, that just screams so loud in your heart, this is what you're supposed to use it for. You go after it. Okay. His words are unreal. His words are ridiculous. And his words are completely out of this world. And they are so often completely limitless. The only limits that we have in our minds are those that we put on ourselves and we accept and enter into. Jesus intentionally removes all limits with his words. They are stupidly limitless. They are laughably limitless. Do you guys get that? People would have been laughing as you said this stuff. Sometimes people will laugh at you when you say this stuff. Imagine if you walked up to someone and said, hey, I believe that nothing's impossible for me. They'll just laugh at your face and walk off. <laughs> they will. It's just the most ridiculous thing in the world. But Jesus said it. <laughs> Can't believe he said that actually. It's just still blowing my mind 2,000 years later. Um, uh, um, okay. So when, when Jesus comes with those words, those limitless words, they're going to hit the limits that we put in our minds. They're going to hit it and we're going to go, that doesn't fit within my scope of reality, Jesus. I'm sorry, but you're out here. I've, I've declared reality to be this and I'm pretty happy with it like that. <laughs> when that happens, you're going to have a choice. You can go one or two ways. You can either reject them and find a way around them, which most people will take. That's the broad path. Or... You can say, despite everything I see, experience, or even what people tell me to do or to say or to think, I believe you, Jesus. That's the choice you got. 
People will try and get you out of this way of thinking. They will try and make you unbelieve because it's your belief is actually convicting their unbelief. If you start walking this stuff saying, I believe this, they go, well, maybe I should be believing that. No, bro, you're wrong. That's not right. Not wrong, wrong context, wrong translation, blah, 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 blah. Uh. <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> Seriously, the amount of times people try to talk me out of faith is ridiculous. I have to actively push against it constantly. It's a daily battle for me to believe in the words he says because I, I rarely see them manifest. Okay, um, the goal is to somehow radically receive them even though all of them aren't in our lives right now. You're going you're gonna to have to receive them without seeing them first. You might see them through someone else, but in your own experience, in your own life, you're going to have to receive it without seeing anything. That's how it starts. Believe first, see later. Spiritual first, physical follows. That's how it works. It's a spiritual law. <coughs> Now, some of you avoid words like that over yourself because it hurts too much that you're not living in them. So has anyone ever actually read the Bible and actually felt really condemned? I have, totally. <laughs> Do you think that was Jesus' goal? To condemn people with his words? No, of course not. He came to release people from condemnation. But we turn it into a law. We turn it into, oh, I should be, or how come I'm not seeing, but my brother is walking in this, but Todd White saw this by this point in his faith. And we start turning it into an expectation over us. Faith actually becomes a law and doesn't, doesn't help you to breathe easy, breathe easy at all. It hurts. Like I was saying before, it hurts people. They don't like faith. They don't want to talk about faith. It's too, it's too much, Nath. Especially when you're going through a very hard experience where if Jesus was there, he would have done something about it. <laughs> That's hard to walk through. I admit that is very hard to walk through. I would struggle to walk through that. I'd still walk through it with everything I got, but it'd be hard. Okay, if you avoid words like this, if you avoid topics like this, I'm going to say to you, you haven't yet learned how to live a reality in your mind and in your spirit that you're yet to walk out yet, which is absolutely critical and key for walking the Christian life. <laughs> That's how Jesus walked. If you, uh, you constantly compare yourself to your unseen reality and it condemns you. But there, there is a way to live that has your head in the heavenly places. This is Colossians 3, I think. Your head up in the heavens, but your body here on earth, and the two connect and coexist perfectly. There is a way to do that. That's how Jesus lived. It's strange and it's hard, but there is a way. It's, it's so backwards. It's so opposite. They're, they're two contradicting things at the same time. But it's... It's the path that we walk. There's stuff that is unseen, that is very real, and we tap into it by believing. That's just how it is. I didn't create it. I didn't make this system up. I'm just, I'm doing my best to receive Jesus at his word, and this is what he says. You know what I mean? I could make excuses for why people didn't get healed. I could. There's, there's, there's thousands of books written why people aren't healed. Generational curses, or they had sin in their life. They, they had unforgiveness in their heart. All these things that to explain, to, to, to stop you from believing. Because the correct response is, yeah, they should have been healed. So I'm going to keep on pressing, 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 pressing. That's the only response ever. That's the only response I can ever give to people not being healed. I have no idea why some people get healed and why don't. Some don't. All I know is press into Jesus. That's all I know. That's the only answer. <laughs> Believe. I think a lot of the time, 
confused by trying to believe for the healing rather than believe in him. Yeah. What yeah. he was saying. Yeah. Because we don't, it's like you're like, say you're praying for someone with a cut and you like imagine their cut closing. It's like, no, you don't, you're believing that their cut closing isn't doing anything. Yeah. You believe in like Jesus. That's it. You believe in his words. That's what he asks. Yeah. That's what he asks for. Um, I'll read this out in a second, but Jesus says in Mark 11, 22, 24, he goes, have faith in God that whatever you say, uh, when you speak to the man, whatever you say will come to pass. So he says, have faith in God that whatever you say, whatever you say, what you speak, that will come to pass. So you have faith in God and then you speak it. I'll, get, I'll touch on that more in a second. That's good, bro. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, you need to be like, you need to be okay with understanding that believing is seeing. You need to be okay with that. If you're just like, I need to see to believe. Look, fair enough. Thomas was the same. He goes, unless I see, unless I see God, I won't believe. And Jesus actually did honor that, which is funny. But then as soon as he showed him his, the, the holes in his body, he goes, Thomas, stop doubting and start believing. So he knew Thomas had it in him to start believing at that point, And he called that out of him. But anyway, um, you need to be okay. Like, just accept the fact that believing is seeing. And it has to start with belief and then follow with seeing. And that we live by faith and not by sight. That's another Bible verse. <clears throat> and secondly, that you need to persevere with patience. Those two things. Believing is seeing and persevere with patience. Those two things will get you through so many things. Does anyone believe me on that? Yeah. It's so key, those two things. Believing is seeing and then persevere with patience. And there is no step three. <laughs> you just, those two things, believing, believing, persevering, persevering. I, there's no other answer. Don't go looking for one, please. <laughs> Unless you don't believe me, but go and search the Bible. I, this is my, the best of my understanding, this is what Jesus is saying. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like this stuff sometimes as well because it, it hurts and it's hard. I don't, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Keep seeking, thinking, and this is key, visualizing your reality that you want to see come to pass. Visualizing it. Walking how you want to walk. Speaking how you want to speak. See it up here first. Believe it first. And then your life will follow. Your actions follow your thoughts. And your thoughts follow your beliefs. That's just scientific, right? We're not even talking about spirituality right now. So you start with your beliefs. Then thoughts will follow that. Then actions will follow that. It's cool. Do you have a question? Kind of. Yeah, just hit me. Just in like a practical sense of everything you're saying. Yeah. Like even the visualizing thing. Like the first thing that came to my mind was like, when do I do that? Like, do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, do I make time before I go to sleep? Or like when I'm in a secret place? Or even just everything in when you're saying, speak this stuff over yourself. And I kind of go, I think the first thing that keeps jumping in my head is when do I do that? Like, I don't know. That's a really weird question. Yeah. But... No, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I guess, do you have context for that question? Like, is there a particular thing that's on your heart? I think just in everything. I think everything, just like yeah. things like believing and walking in faith and everything. If, if specific things aren't coming where like you don't see anyone in particular, you want to go heal or something like that. And you just kind of just live in belief. I just kind of go, when do I... Like, all the time, I guess, but that's so broad, I guess, for me. Like, sure. I'm a, pract- I'm a really practical person, so yeah. I'm trying to think like, when do I really... Go, all right, I'm believing, like, or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I hear that. I'm going to give you an answer that you're not going to like. Then. No, no, I love it. 
it's it has to be all the time yeah. it has to be like a, an absolute lifestyle it has to be like a consistent thing that's every day is it because this this faith thing isn't just for healing and miracles and that's it it's but for so like all of life. Doing life do you know what i mean yeah. like when you order a coffee like when you do the blah, 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 like okay i try and give you a really practical example yeah obviously yeah <laughs> put me on the spot that's okay holy spirit help me um but today for example yeah, for you me. How did you walk out your day? Like, what goes through your mind? Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. That goes, yeah, God, like, I'm really, I'm learning to believe in you. Like, yeah. I see, I feel progress or something like that. Okay. Um, two things I think happened. I was at work and I caught myself just as I was doing my work and whatever. I wasn't like actively think, believe, believe, believe. I wasn't doing that. Mm. I was just like doing the work, right? <laughs> yeah. Doing my best to just think about good stuff. And then I caught myself in this kind of funk. I was like, hang on, I'm a bit off at the moment. I was like, what? Like, what the heck? And then I started to speak to myself, remind myself of the truth that I believe. And then I started visualizing myself, like what I would look like sitting here doing my work if I really believed that. And so I was like, hang on a second. I'm a son. What the heck am I doing right now? I have the spirit of God living inside of me. He loves me to no end. Like I have so much favor over my life. He's given me this job. I should be so grateful for it. And I even like sort of straight my posture. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. it, it's, it all counts. It, it's all how you hold yourself, how, how you believe it, what you believe about yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? I saw that, that like what I wanted to be up here first. And then I started just doing it. Yeah. And then I just kind of felt like it just kind of went away, whatever, whatever it was. I just kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. The like second thing was, moment, just like reset. Yeah. Like renewing your mind and just like, yeah. Yeah. Just, I think that to answer your question then, when it comes up that you feel like something that's just not what you want to be or yeah. what, what you want in your life, that's when you actively go, hang a second here, stop. And I'm just going to shift my mind back this way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what that practically, yeah. So and, and the second example was I got home and my stomach just felt a bit off. I was just chatting to Amber on the couch mm-hmm. and my stomach just felt a bit off. And I was just like, like normally I would go into like this like prayer mode, be like, Jesus, 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 just going crazy. But I was just like, hang on, I'm just going to be like, stomach pain go away and then I'm just gonna listen to her talk to her and just like enjoy this moment and just like believe that it's gone and then it didn't go straight away but maybe like 20 minutes later it was just gone and I was like sweet you know what I mean um yeah so that that sort of stuff whenever I just catch something that's just a bit like it's not who I want to be not the life I want to live or like what I not what I see in Jesus that's when I go no yeah and then back to Jesus does that make sense yeah awesome yeah Jesus oh Come on. Thanks, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Dean. So, Matthew, when the disbelief comes in, you're saying that you um, bought the trains of thinking to visualize a better outcome, future. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, it starts with the thoughts in your head, the words you say to yourself, how you're viewing yourself right now, how you're carrying yourself right now. You challenge your own. Yeah. Your own negativity. That's where you Yeah, well, because you're believing it, you know what I mean? Then you're allowing that, because the, the, the result you want is going to follow your beliefs and you've set your mind on those beliefs. This is not even spiritual right now. This is like, this is super scientific. This is just like, like this, is stuff, this stuff's proven, you know what I mean? You set your mind on positive things, you will create more positive emotions, chemicals, like stuff in your mind. That's, that's proven, that's done, it's not up for debate. Same with negative stuff. You set your mind on negative things, it actually begets negativeness 
It's a, it's a self-perpetuating cycle over and over and over again. People that talk negative, they actually attract more negativeness to themselves. It's just how it is, you know what I mean? But they, they set their mind on positive things, on good things. They believe those things in their heart, pushing against the negative feels that they feel, they actually bring in more positive things into their life. Their lives, you know what I mean? So if you're feeling something negative, Dean, or something that you don't want to start walking in, you actively stop what you're doing and set your mind on those things that you, you do believe and that you do believe about yourself and about God and what you want to be thinking about. Does that make sense? That's very helpful. Thank you. Awesome. No worries. All right. Let's keep moving. Got more notes. Um, okay. Okay. So Jesus sets the example for us with radical limitless believing. So you guys know about the, like the law of attraction? Yeah, anyone heard that, that line before? Do you guys know what it is? Most people know what it is. So this, I'm, I'm talking purely outside of just like Christianity right now. There are, there's, this, there's a huge movement of this actually about what you think about is what, and they, they would call it the universe. I guess we would call it God. <laughs> Whatever you think about, you attract that to yourself. And so you actually start by thinking about something, then the universe will kind of shift and give you that thing that you were thinking about, the law of attraction. So like guys like, uh, I think like Conor McGregor and stuff like that, like number one MMA fighter in the world in his, in his weight division, set his mind on what, what he wanted, going after it, believing it, speaking it, like he's going to be the best, he's going to be the top, going to be better than everyone. And even there's a, there's a crazy thing, when he beat, um, is it Aldo? Does anyone know MMA? Yeah. Yeah, he beat, was it in like 13 seconds? He beat the guy that was like number one, yeah. hadn't lost any, any fights. There's an interview of him before that fight going, Aldo's going to come over with a right swing. I don't know MMA fight terms, by the way, don't judge me. Um, he's going to come over with a right swing. He's going to overextend, and then I'm going to just knock him out with my left or something like that. And then 13 seconds into the fight, that's exactly what happens, and the guy was knocked out, and the, and the fight was over. There's an interview of him saying that before the fight happened. And so... There is this like people outside of Christianity because they don't like the label of religion and God and church and stuff like that. They've had bad experience with that. They'll actually start tapping into spiritual realities from the word, but calling it something else, even calling it God. A lot of them call it God and they, and they know it's a thing, but they don't call it this. They don't call it faith and believing in the kingdom of God and stuff like that. They don't use those words, but there's a huge movement out there of like self-help and stuff like that, where it's like what you think about, you attract, but that's just your faith. You know what I mean? Your you're bringing in things of the kingdom of God. It's a spiritual agreement. And it works the opposite way too. You bring in things from the kingdom of darkness by believing in the kingdom of darkness. You set, you set your mind on negative things and you actually bring in Satan. Paul writes to the Ephesians, writing to Christians, he goes, I've said this to you guys so many times, but I just I want to keep on hitting it. Don't let the sun go down in your anger, lest you give Satan a foothold into your life. And he's writing that to Christians. You might go, well, how does Satan get a foothold in your life? They're Christians, they've got the Holy Spirit, they've got protection of God. It's like, no, they can totally give him a foothold in if they don't if they let the sun go down on their anger Paul wrote that <laughs> you can you can you can invite him in the same way that you invite God in you believe in him instead of in God so when Adam and Eve took the fruit from the tree they believed Satan over God and so they gave Satan the right to rule over the earth because they had rule over the earth and so they gave it over to him Paul writes in Romans 6 whoever you whatever you obey um sorry what is, yeah, yeah, what does he say? You're a slave to whatever you obey. You're a slave to whatever you obey. So they obeyed <laughs> they obeyed Satan and became a slave to him. 
off track, but you guys know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, how do we get there? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. There are, okay, I believe that there are spiritual laws that are unseen that actually govern the world around us. There are spiritual laws. You can't see them, but they are there and they exist, right? <clears throat> it's kind of in the realm of where angels and demons and stuff are. For example, there is a spiritual law of forgiveness. Now, you can't see it and you can't measure it, but when you forgive someone, you keep yourself, this is a law, you keep yourself safe from bitterness and other evil things. When you forgive someone, that's a law, you know what I mean? But if you withhold forgiveness, then you invite those evil things into your heart and that's just how it works. That is how it works. That, there's a law of that. There's just an establishment of that. That's the, that's the rule. And Christians and non-Christians can both walk in that equally. It's not just like, oh, like Christians can do it and non-Christians can't. It's the same thing outside. Like every human has that ability to exercise their faith in, in this law. So there are these unseen, unseen laws, right? And this, this is what faith is all about. It's the same with faith and believing. It's not just a thing that Christians do, but it affects everyone at all times. Everyone everywhere is using their faith on something. Faith is simply drawing conclusions on unseen realities. You know what I mean? If I go to the chicken shop and I buy a, a wrap, like I'm actually exercising my faith by buying that wrap because I don't know that chicken wrap doesn't have salmonella. I didn't test it. The guy in the back cooking it, he didn't test it probably. But I'm choosing to exercise my faith to go, I can't prove it that I won't get sick here, but the odds are in my favor, I'm gonna buy any way I need it. <laughs> That's faith. I didn't test it, I just believed. You guys know what I'm saying? You're using your faith all the time. You're using your faith right now. What you believe about me, what you believe about this room, what you believe about this talk. These are realities that you've drawn conclusions on in your mind. That's your faith, that's what you've established. Jesus goes, yep, good, awesome, shift it over to me. Believe my words. I promise they're true. I promise they're true. You won't taste death if you believe in them. You know he said that? <laughs> I'm going to get into what he says in a second. It's crazy. Um, okay, 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 okay. Um, okay. Okay, even, even this is faith, right? The idea that society works best when we all love each other is actually faith. You can't prove that. How can you possibly prove that? But everyone believes it pretty much. <laughs> Most people believe it anyway. Society works best when everyone loves one another. That's faith. It's not measurable. <laughs> I guess it is to a degree, but you guys know what I'm saying, right? It's unseen. Um, you can't prove it, but you believe it. Every worldview and perspective that you can take is faith, even including atheism. You believe that the scientific conclusions that you're getting your confidence from are true. You believe in them. You're going to believe in something, guys. Just may as well make a Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, might skip over that, or oh, should I? Okay. One quick example. Um, it's the same, faith is the same as when you see yourself as a sinner, right, instead of as a son. If you get saved and you still view yourself as someone who's screwing up all the time, you're a sinner in, in, in your heart, you're actually using your faith to empower that reality even though it's not real. The truth is you're washed, you're clean, you're a son, you're holy, you're righteous. God said those things, not me. You're, you're beloved, you're royal, you're in the family of God. And we go, no, no, I'm a sinner. And so you have faith in that lie and you empower that lie in your life. When Ben came to me last year and he goes, Nate, I don't know how to stop sinning. I didn't talk about 
um, get an internet filter, bro, or like stop drinking or, you know, stop doing drugs, they're bad for you. Don't you know that? Here's some scientific, you know, surveys. I didn't, I didn't do that. I said, bro, the way you see yourself is as a sinner, not as a son. And then, you, and then he saw himself as the son and the sin fell off. The, 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 the faith empowering that belief that he was a sinner, like he was gone. You stopped believing it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So that's why you need faith and righteousness to break out of those hab- habitual cycles. Remember how we covered righteousness for like for ages? You need both. You need to understand that you are washed, you're a son, you're blameless, holy son of God, right? And you need faith to set your mind on it. And soon after, the sin just falls off. It's not a coincidence. You were empowering the lie because you believed it and you received it into your life. You can, you can have faith in the wrong things, guys, and it's going to hurt you really, really bad. Believe Jesus' words. Okay. Um... How awesome is this story? <laughs> I actually lol at this story all the time. Um, there's a dude, a random dude in the scriptures. You, got, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a random dude in the scriptures who saw the disciples and Jesus casting out demons. So he was like, yeah, I'll give that a try. He starts going around and he starts doing it himself on his own. And he's not even saved. And the disciples go, should we stop him, Jesus? And he goes, no. Just let him, let him keep doing it. <laughs> if he's not against us, he's for us. This dude was like, I could do that. He sees his demons being cast out. He's like, yeah, I'll give that a go. In the name of Jesus, get out. And it worked for him. And he wasn't saved. It, like, they go, Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he's not one of us. <laughs> do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. So this dude saw someone walking out in faith what Jesus and his disciples were doing. So if you're going to say here, but, uh, healing and, and casting out demons is just for the disciples, this guy would disagree with you. <laughs> he saw it and he was like, bro, it was for me too. <laughs> um, this dude who wasn't a disciple saw people using the name of Jesus to drive out demons. And so he started doing it and it was working for him. He, he, I just can't emphasize this enough. He wasn't a disciple. He wasn't following Jesus. He was a guy, who, he was an observer. He was not a disciple of Jesus. He saw someone do it and he just did it. You can do the same. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Um, anyway, that was just for lols, comedic relief. Um, <laughs> so, when, so, given all that about the whole spiritual law of believing and faith and like the law of attraction and all that, whatever you want to call it, when Jesus enters the scene, he actually takes this spiritual law which I'm sure he was very aware of. And so much of his time in his ministry is trying to get you to believe in God and himself using this law. And he's not saying believe in God or God will crush you because he's angry at you. Some, some, some people think that about faith. They're just like, man, I'm so, God hates me because I'm not walking in faith or da 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 That's not it. Um, <clears throat> he's more saying, you're going to believe in something and whatever you set your mind, your mind and beliefs on, that thing is going to follow. That's how it works. So believe in God and believe in me. So I'll follow you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You, you, that reality follows you when you set your mind on it. Psalm 23 says, Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. 
the goodness and mercy is following the dude, following David. He's not chasing the goodness and mercy as we do. <laughs> Mark 16 says, These signs shall follow believers. Believers will lay hands on the sick, cast out demons in there, speak in new tongues. They will follow believers. Believers are going and the signs are like back there, chasing you. <laughs> because you're not chasing the signs. That's what religion does. We go, let's go get those signs, guys. It's like, no, no, no. You chase belief. And those signs will be chasing you. It's crazy. <laughs> um, Matt, can I yes. Um, when you were saying that whatever we follow, whatever we think we pursue, that works with everything. Hundred percent. You know, if we think we're sick and we focus on oh so yeah. If we think we don't have we don't have a boyfriend and we want one, and we're focusing on that rather than visualizing the marriage, yeah. It's the same thing. Hundred percent. And you know what? It's, it's even true when you go, I'm feeling sick. And so I'm starting to visualize, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be sick. Yeah. Can't be sick right now. Exactly. And actually, I reckon that empowers it more. Yeah. Because yeah. you're thinking sickness, 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 rather than going, I'm going to have a healthy, awesome day today and walk on with your life. That's believing that you've received it and walking. <laughs> you're believing the outcome that you want, not the thing that you want to get rid of right now. You're believing the, the end goal, setting your mind on it. So true, Kathy. Can I say something? Like 100%. Just a visual like, representation of that. So it's like you're walking down your day, because <clears throat> I just sort of like faith moving mountains. So it's like you're walking, and then you see this like mountain of like, say, like sickness or something like that. Yeah. Come up, and you're like, wow. And if you're like, mountain will move, mountain will move, mountain will move. <laughs> then it's like you just walk straight into it, basically. But if you just like, I don't know, not, not like ignore what it. What mountain? Like, yeah, you just yeah. like walk well, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like you just walk, and then there was there's no mountain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I I reckon that's what Jesus did. Yeah, I reckon he. You, you guys know he interrupted a funeral. Remember how he did that? Mm. That's so politically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> he, did he did that. He walked into the middle of a funeral, and he goes, "Get up!" and he and he got the boy up. I reckon he visualized way before he walked in there that boy getting up, and there was no chance he wasn't getting up. See, when we go to, and pray for someone or uh, walk something out in faith, we're like, I hope this works. Fred, God, please show up. Oh my gosh. I'm... Da, 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 da. Where's your mind? Where's your mind? Where was Jesus' mind? I can't wait to see that boy's face when I get him up. Mm. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> so good. <laughs> all right, this is what I read up before. Mark 11, 22, 24. This could be my, one of my favorite passages in all the scripture. It rocks me. Every time I read it, I just can't, I can't believe he said this. Mark 11, 22 to 24. This is just after Jesus curses the fig tree. Um, <clears throat> and Peter goes, what the heck, God? The fig tree is dead. And then Jesus goes, <laughs> I mean, sorry, Jesus. Um, Jesus goes, um, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Weird answer. Um, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. I'll say it again. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart. This is Jesus speaking. This is not my sermon. Jesus is speaking this and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen. It will be done for them. Almost no one lives like that, <laughs> that I've seen. And the next verse is even crazier. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. 
That's scripture. Jesus said that. Now, here's what's crazy. Jesus basically goes, you put your faith in God so that when you speak and do not doubt in your heart that what you say, then it will be done for you. We go, it's all God, God's power. He's moving through me, spiritual gifts. Come on, God, come down, release the heavens. Come on, God. He goes, what you say, if you don't, if you don't doubt in your heart, then it will be done for you. He goes, have faith in God. That's the basis. That's the foundation. Then you, 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 you. And people don't like that. People, uh, Mark 11, 22 to 24. Yeah. Aiden? Just remembering something Randy Clark said. Yeah. Where it's like, in, in God's, like God is sovereign, yes. And in his sovereignty, he's chosen to include you in the process of whatever it is that you want to do, of like healing or something. Yeah. Like if you actually do play a part. 100%. Because he's chosen. Exactly. And, that, and that's the example that Jesus left, isn't it? That he demonstrates that you do a play, play a part in this. So, okay, as an example, right? God's a healer. Everyone agree? God is a healer. When Jesus walked on the earth, were there sick people? Yes. Yes. And when did they get healed? When Jesus walked up to them. Could God have healed them in his divine sovereignty at any point? Of course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Jesus, when, when, the, when the man spoke, when the man believed, and when the man said that what he wanted to say come, would come to pass and did not doubt in his heart, then it was healed. At that point, and not 30 years beforehand, the woman who was bleeding was bleeding for 12 years. And at the point she touched Jesus, she was healed. <laughs> See, I, I, people don't like this, 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 what I'm spe speaking right now, because they feel pressured to start walking in this stuff. So very few people, I reckon, will hear this and respond right. I'll be honest with you. Very few people will hear this and go, I'm walking after that and I'm just gonna go after it hard. Most people will find a way around it. I hope you guys don't. <laughs> and whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. There's a lot of you and yours in there and you can't escape them. There is something on you that you gotta do. We've grown up in this environment just like it's all God. God does everything, everything, everything. It's just not true. It's just not the example that Jesus left, uh, left for us to follow. He didn't walk like that. He just didn't. He would, he would heal someone by rebuking a fever. He would speak to the sickness. What the heck? We, we, we pray for people. And he goes, sickness, I rebuke you. <laughs> and it leaves. He's not thinking how we're thinking, you know what I mean? They're religious mindsets that we sometimes fall into. Um, <clears throat> is everyone enjoying this? Yeah. Because yeah. I, got, I got more notes. I could go for a while here, to be honest, but it's up to the hosts if they're keen. Because it's already five past nine. Go, go You sure? <laughs> if, if, if that's a bad decision, blame John. <laughs> um, um, that's true, that's true. Okay. Um, and I'll just go to bed. <laughs> I'm glad it all works out for you, John. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. We tend to go, it's all up to God and only his power can do it. And we're like, that is true. Yes, for sure. When you heal someone, it's God's power flowing through you. That's, I'm not debating that. But he wants to flow his power through you. 
So that's just like what Jesus did with his followers on the earth. He has given you his spirit, his name, his identity, his identity, his ministry, and he tells you to go and believe in him. There's actually a lot of luck on us when he does that. I, gave, I give you, all authority has been given to me, so go therefore, in my name, go. And Peter, Peter runs with it. The first day of like going out to pray, he heals some dude with the name of Jesus. <clears throat> but a lot of people don't like that. So what we do is we push it back to God and we say, no, God, you, you have that realm. You have that. That's all your stuff. That's your power. We can't do that. We're just measly people. We're just da 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 We talk ourselves down, talk him up. You know what I mean? And he pushes it right back to us and goes, no, I gave you the name. I gave you the ministry of reconciliation. I gave you my son's spirit. And he's going before you and building his church with you. You're my co-workers. I don't do all this stuff. We work together. It's a relationship. I do my part. You do yours. I pour out the grace and the power and, and all that I am. And you believe in me. <laughs> and that's how you connect with me. Curtis. Something about the, about the power and like using the name was, um, was uh, someone told me once that if you're praying for someone uh, and, and, and talking about how Jesus lives in us and everything. So, so it's almost like a, a marriage. So if you see if Aiden's last name is Lim, for example, well, it is, which is not an example. Anyway, <laughs> and so Lim, and so it's going to be get a weird example, but I can say, like, it, like um, I can say he's Lim, Mr. Lim, that kind of thing. But let's say we got married, like, uh, it's a bit weird now, but let's say we got married, <laughs> like, it's, it's the same as Jesus and me. So we got married, so I can say, so I become Lim, so Lim is me. Lim, so, so I, I become part of that marriage. And my last name is getting really weird now, but it's, <laughs> I should have said Courtney or someone. But, but but my last name has changed to as in Jesus lives in me now, and now I have the authority because when I became a Christian, I was given that power, yeah. and we're together. And Jesus is me; I am in Jesus. That's together. So the same in marriage, and that's yeah. how we have the authority. Hundred percent. So when Jesus says to the kid, "Get up and walk," or "Be believe," or "Go do this," we can speak to sickness and say, "Get out, leave." Jesus' name, get out. And we're allowed to use that authority and the name because that's part of our identity and that's who we are as the Son of God. We are out of this world and that's who we should be. 100%. Yeah. There, there, there's a, a union between you and Him exactly right. that we constantly try and tear apart and He constantly tries to bring together. It's, it's us and Him at all times. <laughs> and we go, God, you do it. God, come, pour out your spirit, God. It's not bad to pray that stuff, but the, the, if, the, if the mentality and the theology behind that is God does everything, we're, just, we're spectators and it's all Him and He's amazing, He's powerful. Then you're not walking in the ministry that Jesus walked in. I'm sorry, but you're not. He made us kings. He's king of kings, sure. Like we only, like, but he, we, he made us kings regardless. Like we mm. just How did we <laughs> that was weird. I should have said something. Else. <laughs> it was alright. Like if you were the bride, but next to it. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. <laughs> the bride takes the name. Yeah. Yeah. Holy Spirit. I'm not prepared. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> alright, let's bring it back to. <laughs> I just saw stuff talking. Yeah. <laughs> alright, alright, alright. Let's bring it back to sanity over here. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, you ready? You ready for the scriptures? Yes. You ready? Yes. We were just saying that, um, yeah. I was just, thinking it, and Katrina was going to say it, is that our surname is so Christ. Yeah, it's like, I'm Katrina Christ. Yeah, baby. Because I'm married to Jesus. Wow. So good. It just makes it more of yeah. a really good example. Yeah. And, and, you get all this stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was just sitting here going, like, it's like when people, and we're more, like, it's more neutral for us to think about marriage than it is about Jesus and us being married to Jesus. So I look at a marriage and I think, oh, wow, like, so cool that's the same with Jesus. We get, I'll get all my husband's things, like, possessions, like, him, everything. And then, like, with Jesus, it's like we get everything that he owns, his whole kingdom is like ours now and like everything that he can attain in himself we yeah have. yeah it, it says in 1 corinthians 4 i think everything is already yours yeah who here believes that mm. we we strive and strain for things our whole lives and paul's like yeah bro everything's already yours <laughs> co-heirs with christ that means that whatever you, uh, jesus is an heir to you are as well mm. See, see how good faith is? When you start believing that stuff, you're just like, oh my gosh, like this is incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and what I was thinking, you guys just said that my last name is Christing. That's really cool. I just imagine like God being like, you know, because he adopted us, right? He goes to the adoption center. He, he picks out, you know, us and he brings us into his family and he goes, okay, now you're in our family and our name is this. And what we do is we heal, we cast out <laughs> demons, we <laughs> preach the kingdom of God. It's what we do in our family. Can you, are you okay with that? And we're like, okay, because we're sons, right? Why would we do anything that our father doesn't do? Why would we, why? why? <laughs> it makes no sense. Jesus goes, I can only do what I see the father doing. John 5. <laughs> I can only do what I see him doing. What do you see him doing? All the incredible, amazing things of the kingdom of God. <laughs> so Jesus went and did them. Anyway. Um, okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, okay. Scriptures. I'm going to read out some stuff that Jesus said, right? Jesus said this stuff. It's time for you to activate your faith and believe it. Because a lot of this stuff is going to be so ridiculous. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to want to believe it. Your flesh will go, no, it's not true. It can't be true. I, I, yeah, I haven't never seen it. All right. Matthew 21, 22. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Mark 9, 23. All things are possible, possible for one who believes. How many things? All things. Crazy Jesus. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. <clears throat> it actually says also in John 5, read this today, if you believe in my words, you already have eternal life. It's not something that you inherit into the future. It's a current reality. You can't escape this current reality stuff. It is what He's talking about. <laughs> um. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Luke 8.50 Do not fear, only believe and she will be well. <clears throat> Matthew 9.28-29 When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. John 14.12-14 Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Who lives like that? Yeah. Matthew fourteen twenty nine to 31. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. That's, that's insane, by the way. <laughs> Peter did that. But when he saw the wind... He was afraid 
and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? The reason he sank, he was doubting. <laughs> hey, about walking on water, I was at a, um, a talk in Gosford by uh, Chad Zedman. I think he came to worship night. Well, yeah, 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 he did. I just said someone once in summer camp walked on water. It was like a 13-year-old kid. Which is oh, pretty yeah. cool. Just one of them just kept going. I don't, I don't know. If anybody just walked on water, I'm just pretty cool. Crazy. It's not unheard of today. Things like that still happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life is pretty cool. Yeah, that's it. All things possible. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but it was like... Yeah, I've heard that story. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty cool. All things possible for those who believe. Yeah. It's crazy, but yeah. Um, John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name... He gave the right to become children of God. John eleven forty. Did I not tell you that if you believed that you would see the glory of God? John twelve forty six. I came into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Mark five thirty four. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Luke seventeen six. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it will obey you. Matthew 17, 20. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus intentionally <coughs> speaks without limits because that's how he wants you to think and function, without limits. That might sound crazy and weird and it's not politically correct and like people are going to judge you for it. Yeah, totally. But that's how he lived. I'm not saying be crazy so no one can actually relate to you, just like literally speak another language. Like that's not what I'm saying. Jesus didn't do that. He was actually a real person that showed up in, in real life at real things. <laughs> but his mom was always in the heavens. And it was a beautiful like relationship between the two of those things. Fully present on earth, but consistently heavenly minded. <clears throat> All right. Flip over to John 11 for me. I want to see this like last little story that I'll tell you. I want you guys to see how desperate Jesus is for people to believe him. Does that make sense? Desperate for people to believe him. In this story here where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he goes to honestly extreme lengths to make sure that you believe. Yes, he wanted to raise him from the dead. <laughs> but he also really wanted to make you believe. So, from verse 1, John 11. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, now take note of this. This illness is the first thing he says. This illness does not lead to death. This illness does not lead to death. He speaks it out. He visualizes it. He visualizes what's going to happen. He hears the news that Lazarus is going to die and he speaks it out anyway. It's not going to lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and, um, and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, 
he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. That should strike you as weird. <laughs> if any one of you did that, I'd be like, what the heck are you doing? Go to your family, go to your best friend right now. Jesus stayed intentionally two days longer where he was. I'm going to show you why in a second. Um, then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to, Ju to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going to go there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. I don't know what he's talking about there. Um, after saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. And he talks about death there as sleeping. So we, we, we talk about death as in like it is the be all, end all, horrible, un, unmovable thing, right? Death comes to us all. It's It's... It's final, it's solid, it's done. Jesus goes, he's asleep. So he's not thinking on the same wavelength we are. <laughs> then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. He's just like spelling it out for them. He's dead, all right? <laughs> and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. I'm glad I wasn't there. Why? So that they might believe. <laughs> See how we, it, it, this is death we're dealing with here. This is his probably greatest miracle. It's a big deal. His best friend is dying. And what are you thinking about? How can I teach the disciples how to believe through this situation? He must think it's a huge deal that they believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow, fellow disciples, let us go that we also may die with him. That's the weirdest verse in the whole Bible. Um, <laughs> I have no idea why he said that. Um, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus was already in the tomb for four days. So remember, Jesus stayed for two days longer where he was. But when he got to the tomb, Lazarus was dead for how long? Four days. So if he didn't stay for two days longer, he would have got there and he would have been dead for two days. So for some reason, he waited until it was four days and that was what, what was important to him. Now, are you going to say something about the spirit-soul thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> I'm just reading your mind. Um, okay. Um, let's skip down to verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See the wavelength that she's thinking of? Like, she's thinking purely physical. The situation is defining how she's thinking. Jesus isn't sucked in by that. Um, verse 22, But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She's starting to believe. Um, verse 23, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. This is what we do. We read something in the Bible. We read something in the Bible. And we go... Yeah, I know, in, in heaven, yeah, thank you, let's thank, thank you. And Jesus is like, you, no, you're not, no. What does he say? <laughs> Actually, he says something freaking boss. Um, <laughs> I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. <laughs> that is the most boss thing in the whole Bible. <laughs> I am the resurrection and the life. 
Oh my gosh, he speaks like this. <laughs> Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never, shall never die. Do you believe this? <laughs> that's, what she, that's what he said to her. Do you believe this? And he, and he waits. It's actually, it's not even rhetorical because she, she answers. He waits for her to answer. And what does she say? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Okay, you're on, on a good pattern. You're, I mean, sorry, you're on, a good, you're on a good path there. But Jesus is going, life is in front of you. The resurrection is in front of you. You're staring into life itself. Do you believe this? I think she's struggling to believe it. Um, when, he, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews were, who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, and look what she says, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So what's their reality? Their reality is, Jesus is a healer. He can heal everything, but he can't stop death. Death is in, is in fact over Jesus. And if only time was on Jesus' side, he would, have, he would have won in the situation. But because time's against him, now he loses. See their reality? Oh, time is past Jesus. Time, time is greater than you. If you've been here a few days earlier, yeah, you could have had your way. But now, because you're late, you can't have your way. That's, the, that's how they think. See, the limits we put on our minds, we, we raise them little bit by little bit. Jesus is going, get rid of them. I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> Jesus. Freaking crazy. When Jesus saw her weeping, verse 33, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved and in his, and his, in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the, so the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he also, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? So, okay. At the end of John, it says um, that this gospel was, was written. He goes, that the amount of things that Jesus did could fill all the books of all the earth. But I picked these. He actually picked seven miracles throughout the gospel, excluding the resurrection. He picked seven miracles. You can go and count them if you want. Um, he goes, but these are written so that you may believe in him and have life in him. So he picked seven out of thousands to prove a point to show you that you can believe in him. So that's why he includes, this whole chapter is one story. And no other gospel does this. Apparently every other gospel, it says, wait, it says, um, faith and believing, those two topics are mentioned twice as much in this gospel than all other three gospels combined. How crazy is that? The, the John gospel is to get you to believe. The whole thing is scripted so that you can see that this is someone you can put your trust in. And this is his like, like most epic miracle. It's like building up to this miracle. This whole chapter's on it. That's why, that's why he talks about what people are saying around the situation. Could not he also have, could not he who opened the mind of, of the blind man also kept this man from dying? He's trying to engage with, this is how humans think. This is how, this is where they're at. But Jesus is trying to pull them deeper and away from that and release those limits. 
Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was the cave and the stone lay against it. So you know how I said um, that Lazarus was dead for four days and Jesus waited for two days? In the Jewish culture, they believe that after three days, the spirit, sorry, the soul leaves the body, right? Because there actually was resurrections, uh, sorry, revival, uh, yeah, revivals in the Old Testament, as in like people were revived from the dead. Like Elijah raises someone from the dead, I think, or is it Elisha, one of the two. Um, and so they had this idea that after three days, that's too far, it's too long, they're gone, move on. You know what I mean? They still believe that God could do stuff like that, but only for three days. Sorry? Hence why he waited. Hence why he waited. So Jesus waits intentionally for two days to break past their limit, past their tradition, past their understanding of how the spiritual realm works, and he gets there when it's four days too late. So that when they do raise him, when he does raise him, they go, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was wrong about that. And that limit is gone. Jesus. Okay, verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. Now that's a bold thing to do. <laughs> He's so, so certain of himself. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, um, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. King James apparently says he stinketh. He stinketh. <laughs> um, <laughs> for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, so notice he is saying this, he's not thinking this. He's speaking it out loud. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. What did he hear? Well, he heard from the beginning when Jesus said, this, this illness does not lead to death. Father, I thank you that you have heard me and I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this on account of the people standing around me that they may believe that you sent me. He's actually, only, the only reason he's speaking out loud right now is for other people around him, that they might believe. Because it's breaking all of their rules right now. It's breaking everything they thought about Jesus. He's a great healer, but that's it. Kathy? Could it be that, um, correct me if I'm mistaken, but could it be that because when Jesus spoke it, and then he said he's actually asleep, that Lazarus was actually asleep in the cave? No, he was dead. Cause, I mean, I oh, okay. All right. Yeah, because yeah. so Jesus does say afterwards, he's dead. I was talking he's into... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're right. And plus, he was actually um, bound by linen strips and he was like locked in the cave for four days. So if he wasn't dead, he'd be dead by now because there's, <laughs> there's no air in there. Um, no, that's okay. No worries. Uh, verse 43. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with the cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. <sighs> do you guys see what he was trying to do there? Yes, he was trying to raise Lazarus from the dead. Yes, he was trying to glorify God. But yes, he was trying to get you to believe. In every way possible, he took every possible route that people around and that people reading this story later on would believe in him. You guys get that? <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> so you know what I want to say? Believe. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not joking. 
Most people will call you an idiot. Most people will think you're so stupid. You've got the wrong interpretation, bro. It's actually like this. Limit, 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 limit. Jesus breaks the limits. Limitless believing. That's what he wants. Nothing is impossible for you. <coughs> See how when I speak like this, there's something that rises in your heart that gives you life because you were made for words like these. You were made to go, my limit, my potential is infinite. And everyone and everything around you will try and shut you down because you convict them if you start speaking like that. But the greatest people in the history of the world who have actually achieved something of note, ignored them anyway and just kept on going. Every single great leader, they saw reality in their mind. They went after it. They believed. They believed, like, okay, the Wright brothers, right? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> what, what did they invent? The plane. Okay, just stop for a second. The plane. <laughs> a vehicle that goes into the air. No, you're not getting it. <laughs> Every other vehicle forever was on the ground before that point. And they go, I bet we can make this thing go in the air. <laughs> Who thinks like that? No one thinks like that. Unless you have limitless imagination. Unless you let your imagination run wild. I, I wonder if we could, imagine if we could, that's what kids do. And we grow up and we go, limit, 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 life's actually pretty crap. <laughs> we do. We, we limit ourselves, we limit our beliefs. And we just go nine to five job, house three kids, retire, go to Queensland, the end. <laughs> Car cards against humanity, if anyone's ever played that. Um, you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. They invented the aeroplane. Everything, actually, think like this everything you see around you right now was once an idea in someone's head. That television right there. What the heck is that thing? It plays images and sounds from that were recorded months ago and I love watching it and it's a fascinating. I don't I understand how it works at all, but someone thought of it. You guys know what I'm saying? See how that inspires you? See how that lifts you up and gets you going, wow, life is actually... That's where Jesus lives, in that place, that free mind, because he believes. He believes in God. Wow. I want you guys to pursue believing in, in the words of God and Jesus radically, radically and limitlessly. Radically, right? You, you're going to be a radical about this? People are going to shut you down left, right and center. If you want to be an amazing MMA fighter or a boxer, do you know what's going to happen? You're going to step into the ring the first time and get the crap kicked out of you. And then the next time you step in, you're going to get the crap kicked out of you again. And then again, and then again, and then again, and 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 again, until one day finally you win. And then you take that momentum and keep moving forward. But Christians don't do this. We talk ourselves out of all believing, out of all faith, when Jesus clearly is trying to lift off all limits. You guys got to live in this place. You got to live in this, in, in this space in your mind. 
picture the reality that you want. Do you want to plan a church? Do you want to go overseas? Do you want to have, I'll say it, billions of dollars? See, church people don't like that. Because the church people are the poor ones. That's, that's how you be holy, is you get poor, <laughs> apparently. Do you want to impact the world? <laughs> See, where, where, where do you draw the line? Where do you, where do you, where do you start limiting it? What do, what do you believe about your life? <laughs> what do you believe about what you're doing every day? Is it what you, does it ignite you? Are you passionate about it? Does it give you fire? <laughs> Are you excited about it? Would you want to read about this life in a book? <laughs> I'm just saying. You can do this. Je- Jesus said to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. <coughs> I find that so fascinating. Stop doubting and believe. He can say the same thing to you. Stop doubting and believe. You do have every capability to believe exactly how he did. So stop doubting and believe. You can do this. You can do this. Not the guy next to you. Not Todd White. Not the guy you see on YouTube. It's not for them. They're not gifted. They just believed. Todd White, oh my goodness. He prayed for over a thousand people before he saw a single healing. Do you know what that's called? Believing before seeing. He just believed it. He wasn't gifted with healing. <laughs> he just went after it. And now he says healing all the time. It's incredible. If you're not seeing healing and you're not seeing provision and you're not seeing joy and you're not seeing vibrancy and you're not seeing passion, you're not seeing real life, then believe. Why does no one believe? I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> Set your mind on it. Visualize it. Speak it. Think it. Believe it. Ask for it, then believe it's yours. And then live from that place. Live from the place I am already exactly where I want to be. Don't strive for this future version of yourself. You live from the place you're a son. You don't strive for sonship. You live from the place of this is, where I, this is who I am. This is where I want to be. You live from that place. If you're not seeing it in your life, you visualize yourself already there and you live from that place. Mate, do you think it's hard because we've all got so much baggage? What do you mean by that? Just things like natural things that happen in our life. Yeah. And if we visualize, which is something we can do because we're taught to, we're taught to dream, we're taught to fantasize, we're taught to do all that sort of stuff. And we visualize and we can actually visualize where we want to be. Mm. That will Totally. I mean, there's so many reasons to not believe. Like, if you want them, they're out there. Go ahead. Like, you can walk that path if you want. I'm just not going that way. <laughs> there are so many reasons to not believe. Like, yeah, you can fully justify it in your mind as well, and you can live at peace with that if you really want to. But I'm just going to go Jesus' path. I like it better. It feels, what I was made, it feels like what I was made for. I've been waiting for this kind of thing the whole life, you know what I mean? That passionate, just seeking more, seeking real life. I want to live like him. No one I know lives like him. Even the, the most greatest achievers in all of human history, no one lived like him. No one was so just like 
fixed, focused and strong in himself and yet had endless patience for even the lowest of society. Mm. Most people that I see that are like self-motivated speakers, big entrepreneurs, they usually have no time for anyone else. So I don't want that either. I want the strong self-confidence that Jesus had that was unmovable and unbreakable and yet the endless patience, perseverance, love, gentleness and kindness that he had for everyone. That's what I want and I've seen no one live like that and I want that. And it starts with belief. How do I do the works of God? What is, what is, what is the works that God requires? Believe in Jesus. Believe in the one he sent. Believe that you're a son. Like actually believe that like right here, right now, you are a son. You are a daughter. Here, now. Who carries themselves like that? Who walks into a room like Jesus would have knowing that they're a son of God? See, that's how he walked into a room. He knew who he was and you could not break him down. People tried to. They came at him with questions from all different directions. And on the spot, in the spirit, he answered them straight away back again. And they're completely ashamed. He's like, flip me a coin. Whose image is on it? Caesar. Well, then give to Caesar what Caesar's. Next. <laughs> and then they go, the next sentence is like, and then no one dared ask him a question again. So confident. I think it starts up here in the quiet of your own mind as you go to bed tonight. I think it starts there. You don't have to be big, bold, like show up in the, in the room being like, hey, I believe I'm the son of God. Like, just start here, simple, quiet, you, your life, you. And remove those limits and start dreaming, start imagining, start anticipating, start expecting. If you want more freedom in your life, then you start visualizing, expecting, anticipating, praying, believing, persevering in that. I want freedom. I imagine myself as freedom. I want to be there. I want to walk that way. And it will come. It will follow you. Curtis? Um, there was a guy called John G. Lake back in the early 1900s. I don't know yep. if you guys know who he is. And he had a really famous like, healing ministry and some awesome like miracles and like, some amazing things. And what he would do would be in the morning, he would look in a mirror and look at himself and say, where you go, God goes. And that's what he would say every morning. Because he knew that the Holy Spirit and Jesus lived in him. And that wherever he went, God would be. So he was 100%. that confident to say, wherever you, wherever you go, speaking to himself, God goes. Yeah. Which is, which is talking about the confidence. And That's it. Because he believes that God's in him. Not many Christians believe that God's in them. They'll, they'll say it theologically. Yeah, the Holy Spirit lives inside your heart. No one walks into a room like that. No one walks into a room going, I, God just walked into the room because <coughs> he's with me. And he's in me. I mean, he united in one spirit. No one walks in like that, that I've seen. Very few people do. <clears throat> fix your mind on it soak in it feed your mind this stuff every day if you don't feed your mind this stuff your mind will just get hungry and die <laughs> it'll feed on something else it'll feed on YouTube it'll feed on social media it'll feed on all this crap that we feed our minds with all that crap <laughs> feed your mind on this stuff that builds you up gets you to believe gets you to dream find out who you are what you want to do I know I sound like I'm like being a motivational speaker right now <laughs> but like I reckon that's what Jesus would say you know what I mean get you to believe <laughs> believing I reckon it's just like it starts with dreaming and hoping and desiring 
visualize yourself as a righteous, holy, royal, washed son of God with limitless potential in him. Don't view like, oh, I'm having an off week this week. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm searching for breakthrough. Like I've been such a victim to this stuff. Don't view yourself like that. You'll enable that to keep on going. I feel like I've been caught in that recently, actually. And God's just like, Nate, you just like, you, you just let your joy escape by justifying it with your theology. When you, when, when you didn't pursue that joy and it, it like go after it like it's actually yours. You just didn't really do that. You kind of justify why it left you. And I was like, damn, sorry, God. <laughs> um, that's how Jesus viewed himself. And there was no one who could talk him out of it. That's what your goal is too. No one can talk you out of this. And I can't talk you into it either. That's the thing. It's your decision. If you don't want to walk this way, fine. I'm going this way. So if you want to come, I could use the company. <laughs> um, Jesus says, as the Father sends me, so I send you. And we are his ambassadors as we walk through life. We represent him. So you have to think like him. You have to talk like him. You have to act like him, behave like him, treat people like him. And how he thought is like this. Crazy, ridiculous, out of your mind, but he didn't care. And it manifested in huge, amazing self-confidence. His true confidence was in God. But the thing is, if you just have that confidence in God and not in yourself, you actually don't have confidence in God because he actually says a lot of things about you. So that's what, as a trap I've seen people fall into in the church. And my confidence is God. I boast only in God. Like, God, 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 God. Yeah, that's right. And that's good. But he says so much stuff about you. Do you believe him for that stuff? Do you believe that he's in you, that you're united with him, that he wants to work through you? He's given you his spirit, his name, his power is inside of you. Do you believe that? Because if you don't believe that in yourself, you won't ever walk it out. <clears throat> Think, speak and live radically limitless by setting your mind on what he says. Believe, 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 believe and never stop believing and then you will see it. Jesus said so, not me. It's not my sermon. You believe and you believe and you believe and then you'll see it. Believing is seeing and not the other way around. I want you guys to have a perspective of that and don't let go of it. Amen. The end. Done. <laughs> Any questions? Jesus? Jesus. I think we have a record for the new longest talk. <laughs> One hour 50, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you're the best. <laughs>